from 99.9 The Fan. This is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. Sponsored by Coach Pete at Capital Financial Advisory Group. Visit us at CapitalFinancialUSA.com. In the NFL, this is a very good year to tank. And and actually, one of, one of the things I, I emphasize is uh, sometimes the tank isn't saying – Right, because because oh, you don't want to do it. Oh, it's it's against the game. It's not the spirit of the rule, the integrity of the sport. Here's the thing: tanking oftentimes isn't about like ruining or scrapping a good team. It's about making sure you're bad the right year. Or like, let's say you were going to be bad uh, the year Kenny Pickett was the top quarterback drafted, and he was drafted like seventeenth, right? Well, the the way you dig yourself out of a rock bottom hole is by drafting a quarterback. So if you bottomed out that year, that's a problem, right? That That's you bottomed out and there's no way to get yourself out of the hole. So so what if you recognized, hey, we're going to bottom out that year. What if we accelerated just a little bit and bottom out the Trevor Lawrence year? Right? You're, you're not, you, you would have been there anyway. You would have been bad anyway. You would have had a year where you were one of the worst in the NFL Anyway, the tank just made sure that the prize at the end was worth the struggle. This year is a year where the prize at the end is worth the struggle. And it's not just the Trevor Lawrence year. It's a twofer. It's Caleb Williams and Drake May. This is a great year to tank in the NFL because you have the best safety net you've had as a prospect in the last 10 years. Right, because do you know what's even worse than than bottoming out naturally in a year where there's no quarterback? Bottoming out intentionally and still missing out on the quarterback. <laughs> Jets, right? The Jets bottomed out in in the the Trevor Lawrence year, came up just a hair short, and ended up with Zach Wilson. That's the worst. However, if there's two generational quarterbacks. If there's two quarterbacks that you would take number one overall, if there's two quarterbacks that are worth a number one overall pick, then you have the safety net. You aim for the number one, and even if you're not that bad, right, your team squeaks out a victory, you complete the fourth and 20 to win the one game that you couldn't win, you get another guy who's worth a number one overall pick. And make no mistake about it, Drake May is worth a number one overall pick. Here's Todd McShay on with uh, the Ryan Rosillo pod talking about Drake May and that number one pick. Drake May, in many people's eyes that I've talked to in the league, that it's either very close. Some guys I've talked to have Drake May from uh, from North Carolina as the number one quarterback, built a little bit more traditionally, has you know can can endure. They think uh, you know contact and, and the physicality of the NFL game. I want to be clear here. They said they have Drake May as the number one. This is not a a lack of confidence in Caleb Williams, it is a choice in confidence for Drake May, right? Because some years there's no deserving number one overall pick, right? And then you, instead of, of wording it that way, with some people have Drake May as the number one, they just say like some are still questioning Caleb Williams as the number one. This is saying, no, there's two guys that different people think are that darn good. The last time I could really remember that type of conversation, I'm not saying that that there weren't you know, two quarterbacks drafted number one and number two. Winston Mariota comes into play. Uh, Goff and Wentz comes into play. But the last time I remember two guys at the top that pros- uh, different evaluators were, you know, 
well, that guy's number one, but this guy would be number one in a lot of other drafts. Mm-hmm. It's probably Luck in RG3. Yeah. Which is about o- right. Which is over 10 years now. Yeah, because Luck was clear-cut number one. Luck was number one, but there was a lot of, I mean, RG3 won the Heisman. at what, Like, mm-hmm. through four games his senior year, he had more touchdown passes than incompletions or something like that. Yeah, it was like, stupid. And, and, oh, by the way, he's one of the fastest hurdlers in the world. Like, everybody was really into those two prospects. It feels a bit like that, where most are saying – Caleb Williams is the guy, but there are some going on. Drake may physically, right, bigger, stronger, can take the hits, as you just heard from from Todd McShay. So who should be interested in Drake May? Everyone that should be interested in Caleb Williams. Everyone that needs a quarterback. Yeah. You shoot for the Caleb Williams. Even if you miss, you land amongst the Drake May. It's a really nice safety net. Chicago, Denver, Arizona, New England, Minnesota, if they move on from Kirk. Green Bay, if Jordan Love doesn't work out. Atlanta, Vegas, Washington. Sorry, Sam Howell. Could be a little UNC quarterback on UNC quarterback war going on there. Uh, Rams, Tampa, all of them. If you think you're going to need a quarterback in the next year or two, make sure you bottom out this year. Make the choice because you have a safety net, and that safety net is Drake May. You get to draft uh, Kevin Durant, right? <laughs> yeah. Because everyone was like, oh, Greg Oden and Kevin Durant, number one and number two. You want to be the one that has to pick? Or if you finish second, you get to be the one that goes, we would have taken the other, but we had to take him, right? It takes the 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 pressure off. The best part of Drake May, and, and I say this maybe even more so than Caleb Williams, is, is Drake May is obvious. He's He's prototypical. He he's what you expect. You don't have to be at every game. You don't have to send a scout or your GM to a whole bunch of Carolina games trying to project what he will do in the NFL. Will it translate? Right? There's occasionally Caleb Williams is special as heck. If you listen to the show, you know I'm very impressed by Caleb Williams. Some of those plays where he scrambles around for 15 seconds and then throws across his body, I'm going like I, it might translate to the NFL, but I have no idea. Mm-hmm. Right? I mean, pretty much Patrick Mahomes is the only one that tries to do that. And I'm not sure I'm just going to sign this guy up as being as good as Patrick Mahomes. But even he had to learn how to do it in the NFL. Exactly. It took him a bit. But then you watch Drake May, and it's like he takes a five-step drop, he hitches twice, and he throws a rocket. It's like, you know, I've seen a lot of quarterbacks that can do that, have a lot of success in the NFL. True. You are confident that you won't be upset if you have the second or third overall pick and Drake May is there. You will like that. You won't even wait to see if trade calls come in. You will run to get your card in and, and make that pick. That's the best part of Drake May. Like, like if you're Caleb Williams, or if you're an offensive coordinator and you draft Caleb Williams, and you're like, "All right, it's a copycat league. Whose film should I watch?" Um, I think you got to watch his his film from USC to get to get ideas for what he does well. Mm-hmm. Drake May, watch Justin Herbert. Drake may watch any big, tall, strong, laser rocket armed quarterback out there of which there have been a decent amount. That's also really mobile. That Yeah, that's ready for this. Deceptively fast. Yes, there it is. He comes from a championship pedigree. Have you heard his brothers were good athletes? No. And Ryan Fitzpatrick went to Harvard. There are certain facts that just get said a billion times during every broadcast. Ryan Fitzpatrick and Harvard and Drake May's brothers play basketball and baseball are are two of the most overstated things in the world. Also, and we'll see it again this weekend if Riley Leonard plays for Duke. Do you know there's highlights of him windmill dunking? Yeah. 
They'll play it during the broadcast, I guarantee you. Uh, my point is, if you're an NFL team, Drake May, he just makes you feel really, really good about being bad this year. You're confident you won't leave empty-handed. If you're if you're near the top, you don't even have to be at the top of the draft. And on top of that, you know, he's the number one overall pick quality. So, Carolina fans, enjoy him while he's here. He will not be for long. So when I was looking to transfer, it was um, a lot of one-on-one, and it didn't feel like I got lost in a huge university because I knew that if I came here, there was going to be someone I could talk to about every aspect of the courses I needed to take. But also, too, I loved the smaller classroom sizes, and I liked how interactive and immersive all of the learning was going to be. It wasn't just going to be me sitting in a room with a couple hundred people and a professor who didn't know my name. To find out more about transferring to William Peace University, visit peace.edu. Did you know that your unused medications could end up in the wrong hands? It's important to keep your medication secure in a locked location, such as a locking box or locking cabinet. When it's time to dispose of them, safety and properly dispose of old, expired, or unused meds by using an at-home disposal product or a medication disposal box in your community. Don't miss out on medication take-back events happening near you. Don't let anyone take what's yours. Lock your meds. Be aware. Don't share. Learn more at lockyourmeds.org nc. What you don't want to hear is if you're Tony D'Angelo because we just played four goal highlights from the third period and you didn't play in the third period. Partially by your own doing, partially by a decision by the coach, uh, but but Tony D'Angelo's role in the rotation for the Canes has to be questioned after last night. First of all, let, let's let's take a step back here. By the way, this is The Drive with Tim Donnelly. I'm Tim Donnelly. Dennis Cox, you'll hear him in, in a second and throughout the show. Um, go back to the beginning, before the game. A little bit of a surprise. Sebastian Ajo held that with an upper body injury. That's going to more than raise the antennas. More than, <laughs> Like we all become meerkats, right? Just pop up. What, 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 heads turning. What's that? It was What's literally going? about 10 p.m. Eastern last night. <laughs> Wait a second. Hold, hold on. Hold on. Am I dreaming? Did I doze off? What's going on here? Uh, here's Rod, Rod Brindamore, obviously the coach, on, on when that Ajo injury took place. He did something at the end of the last game that we didn't think was going to be maybe that serious. But again what we're dealing with you just okay you're not 100% you're you're not going so he'll get really I think re-looked at and we'll take it from there so I I think they're just wildly cautious and why not I mean if if you're if you're the Canes you you've I keep saying this about the Svetch injury but I guess it applies to all injuries you've earned the ability you've built a team with the depth to give your guys time to to heal I, now I I don't think you'd be excited for any more to happen. Hey, we get to use our advantage, but it's it's uh it's still something that you know you can. It's a feather in your cap that that you aren't terrified when Aho has to to miss a a game on late notice. It's a completely different deal when your goalie <laughs> takes a puck to the to the mask uh, early in the game and has to go out. Here's Brindamore on on why Freddie Anderson was pulled and didn't go back in. We're in an age now for the athletes. It's everything is precautionary, and if it's even remotely, you know, um, a little dang, of course you are. You just took one in the head. It, it's okay. See ya. We're pulling you out, and we're gonna, you know, make sure there's nothing wrong. And that's really across the board. I think we've done a good job with that, and that's what this was tonight. Again, cautious. Again, listen to the trainers. Again, 
you have Ronta, so yeah. no harm, no foul. For those who don't know, maybe may didn't watch the game, maybe didn't see highlights early in the first period. Freddie Anderson took a shot directly to the face. It, it, uh, it was... Took a puck, uh, that is, I should say, directly to the face, <laughs> was checked out by the trainers, and then was taken off the ice, evaluated, got the whole concussion protocol and all that kind of stuff. So that's why Ronta stepped in and filled in the rest of the game. It's about as aggressive as like a forehead shot as you can take in, yeah. in, in hockey. Um, and, and again, we can kind of joke about it because it does seem like he's, he's going to be all right and it was just being cautious. Um, but here's the thing, like Ajo's out, feels like Ajo's missed. Freddie Anderson's out, Ronta comes in, even with Ronta being very good, like there's that adjustment period where it's like, oh, how, how, how are we going to do, right? Is the defense going to hold up? Last night, when D'Angelo was out, they seemed better. That's why the conversation is different. That's why I'm not sitting here going, well, they won without Ajo. Let's evaluate Ajo. No, 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 no. I'm sitting here saying when D'Angelo was on the ice, they've looked worse. And then they they took him out or he, again, took himself out with the the, the penalty process. He got a unsportsmanlike, which is fairly rare. I, I believe the, the Canes had four all of last season. Uh, so he's out for a significant portion of time. And then when he comes back onto the ice, Rod says – sit next to me, bud, uh, and, and he's out for the rest of the game. And that f- third period is a four-goal-to-zippy period uh, where the Canes won, and, and they came, they were down a goal, they ended up winning by three, and, and Chatfield's in the mix. Chatfield skating with Orlov on that third pair on defense. Orlov looked better. <laughs> Orlov looked better playing with Chatfield. The power play, which is is what we've been like kind of uh, grasping towards and, and hanging on to for why D'Angelo was brought back was to increase the power play. The power play looked great without him in that third period. Two power play goals. Mm-hmm. So let's break this all down. Last night, even before the, the kind of mid-game benching for, for D'Angelo, Chatfield, who is the other competing to be the sixth defenseman on the roster, uh, he skates with Orlov in the third pair on defense. I've I've said it before. I don't, you know. Sometimes you can't predict chemistry. I think Orlov and Chatfield have it. I said this after the first game of the season. It was a home game, the only one we've seen in person. There was a moment, and I, I don't know if I'm the only one in the arena that saw it, but it felt like a like a a moment in a rom com where you zoom in on their face, right, and the two people from across a crowded bar <laughs> make eye contact, and you're like, oh, they like each other. Ah, they're gonna end up together. There was a moment where Orlov got a little out of position, and uh, in that first game, he was out of position kind of a decent amount, right? Still getting used to the system, used to how they play. Got out of position. Chatfield, uh, hustle play, put his guy into the boards, puck squirts out. Uh, Orlov ends up tracking down the puck, and they they transition it to the other side. And there was that moment where Chatfield was kind of collecting his bearings, and Orlov glanced over his shoulder and looked at Chatfield, and, and it was almost like, you know, like I said, that rom-com moment, like a uh, a cheery, upbeat pop song started playing, and, and it just looked like Orlov was looking at Chatfield going like, you know, I kind of like this guy. I kind of like this little guy over here, right? I, I, don't know, I don't know if I expected to like him, but what you know, the heart wants what the heart wants. That pairing looks like it makes sense. And then as the season goes along and, and they start playing more with the 12 forwards, which means Chatfield isn't dressing, Orlov and D'Angelo, they never had that moment. They never they didn't start meshing. Soon as D'Angelo's out now on a, on a decision to change things up in the the fourth game of the year, Chatfield and Orlov kind of pick up right where they left off. Now, now, 
you can't help but notice that. that I, would you say the third period of of last night's game is the best they've looked all year? Yeah. You can't like you have to explore further. If the period that you benched D'Angelo is the best they've looked all year. Mm-hmm. Now I'm not saying you're making any hard and fast decisions, but going into the game yesterday, I said I want Chatfield to be the the third pairing. D'Angelo can be the seventh defenseman, especially with Aho out. You could play both Lemieux and seven defensemen. So the, the decision-making was kind of gone. Uh, I wanted D'Angelo to be the seventh defenseman, play on the power play, because I wanted to see what it looked like with, with Chatfield up there. He's earned the right to get another game. Easily. And I would say probably until Svech comes back, you you ha- have the seven defensemen with D'Angelo airing on the side of being the seventh. Right, because you don't have to make a decision, especially with Aho out now. Also, you you play the twelve, including Lemieux in the forwards, and, and you have the the seven defensemen. Uh, uh, sorry, obviously not playing the twelve forwards. You're playing yeah. the eleven because Aho would be the twelfth, and he's out. And then you play the seven defensemen, and and I don't see how you don't let this play out. I'd be interested if Aho is back pre-Svetch, like if he comes to say it's a one-game absence for Aho, which I think it very easily could be. Do they have a game where D'Angelo doesn't dress? It's possible. Because that, to me, is the next experiment, right? That's that, that, to me, is the next, let's see how it goes. Because, by the way, the other thing that D'Angelo brings, right? We, when D'Angelo was brought back in the offseason, we're looking for why they made that move, right? It didn't feel like they needed more defensemen. Part of the reason why uh, was obviously power play and just his ability to to aid the attack, right, to, to help create goals. There's a whole bunch of other defensemen on this team that have been creating goals, right? There's, they've been involved, you know what I mean? And Slavin uh, has two shorthanded goals already this season. And, and, and Slavin, that's not normally his bag, right? He, he's not normally a goal scorer. He, he does just about everything else really, really well, but mm-hmm. finding the net has not been his thing. So if he's doing that, that makes the reason why you brought in D'Angelo maybe a little less important, and you might need, and this is not a derogatory term, more of a, a glue guy, kind of right positioning guy on, on back on the defense, and that's Chatfield. Also, maybe someone that won't pick up 12 minutes in penalties, although that's a whole <laughs> that's a whole other discussion. Some would agree with the referee. The referee gave him a little, little elbow shiver, which is always an interesting addition to the the, the yeah. proceedings so again for for those who may not have saw it there was a canes were actually i think on a power play mm-hmm. and the puck was down towards the corner and d'angelo pinched up to try and help support to get the puck the ref was just kind of caught in the middle of it there <laughs> and he just kind of like stiffened up the ref did and d'angelo runs into the ref <laughs> and gets knocked down like d'angelo got knocked down and then when he's skating back away like up the ice he's saying things to the official that's where he got his first penalty, mm-hmm. two-minute unsportsmanlike. And then when the period ended, the second period ended, and they're going off the ice, he picked up another 10-minute misconduct penalty. Mm-hmm. It's like, well, wait a second here. Like, and, and, and I mean, it's you can go find it on social media. The video is kind of goofy. It, it, it's, it looks like the ref gives him an elbow to the face. Uh, completely unintentional by the ref. It was yeah. like a reaction, you know, instincts kind of thing. But yeah, I, I can yourself. see why D'Angelo, the first the first penalty to me makes sense. Like, if if the ref elbows you to the ground, you know, you know that's not going to look look good with the buddies. You got to get your 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 two cents in. It's yeah. the the second one where it's like, all right, you should have calmed down by now. That now you're hurting your team, uh, which which didn't end up happening. <laughs> it ended up helping the team, getting him uh, maybe out of the rotation. 
Are you ready for the big game? At The Designery, we can help you arrange your kitchen in the perfect way to feed everyone coming over for the big game. I'm Dana Merrill, the owner of The Designery in North Raleigh. And I am True Merrill. I am the project manager. The Designery is a lovely kitchen, bath, and closet remodeling company. We do pretty much any of the utility spaces in your house. If you want to store things in your cabinets, if you want to work on things on your countertops, if you want to uh, have a floor that can get wet or muddy, we're the place to help you fix your home up. We are the Designery North Raleigh, located at 3030 Wake Forest Road in the Holly Park Plaza. We would love to see you or visit our website at thedesignery.com.